2: good afternoon everybody it is the steve jones show on a super bowl monday news radio 1070 wkok matt catrillo here with you steve will soon be there from the sunbury boaters studio sunbury boaters fourth street in sunbury sunbury boaters kia Routes 11 and 15 in humbles wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. ford kia hyundai lots of pre-owned inventory an excellent service department and sales staff, and the home of the repeat customer. That's all of Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes Eleven and Fifteen in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or head to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your insurance matters—they've got you covered. The pros, pros. It Insurance Matters. And that's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or head to purdyinsurance.com. Terrific Super Bowl last night as the Rams win it 23-20 over the Bengals in a game that saw a little bit of everything. This, uh, This is one of the better Super Bowls, I think, that have been played, and I would put it up there as one of the best ever played with everything that happened where you you had some trick plays you had some freak plays you had some drama with some injuries you had some controversial calls and non-calls which we'll get into of course it comes down to the final couple minutes so it, it was it was about everything that you would want in a Super Bowl yesterday and the Rams pull it off in the end I do want to start though with the uh, with the Rams and they kind of went against the grain and kind of building through free agency instead of building through the draft and it paid off for them as now they get that Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford even it was not great by any means yesterday neither quarterback was great but Matthew Stafford didn't uh, probably had the worst game statistically than Joe Burrow obviously he, came, he comes up in the clutch league with that 15 play drive to win the game but a Cooper Cup man Steve called it he was Steve's MVP and he definitely deserved it I mean you could have gone either way between him or Aaron Donald because of the two plays he made at the end but I I was, a, I, I probably would have if I had to choose between the two I probably would have gone with Cooper Cup myself I mean, a two-touchdown game, made numerous other big catches besides the go-ahead touchdown with with over a minute to go. There's that. So congrats to the Rams. I will say this, too. Both had coaches I don't think had great games yesterday by any means. And when you go to Sean McVay, constantly still trying to run the football when clearly it hasn't been working all game. It kept setting his offense back. I just didn't really get that, that whole approach. And of course, now you'll still be hearing the nauseating things. Always oh, such a creative genius, this and that. I don't think he had that great a game plan, to be honest with you. But credit to him, he gets the he gets the dub, he gets his first ring. And when it goes to, comes to Zach Taylor with the Bengals, first of all, I didn't get the fourth down play call at the end of the game. You know your quarterback is getting killed. I mean, you should have known about that coming into the game, let alone knowing that he's already been sacked seven times and pressured numerous times other than that. And you got a guy in Joe Mixon who's who was having a pretty good game, and you don't at least give him a shot or do a quarterback sneak on fourth and a half a yard? Come on now. It just is not smart and I, I don't know I just there were and a lot of those swing passes to the running backs the Rams had those sniffed out too I just I just didn't get some of the and not only that too I just thought overall the they didn't try enough down the field I mean when it worked it worked when they did it it worked because Jalen Ramsey did not have a great game yesterday as I predicted gave up two big pass plays one to Jamar Chase in the first half. One to Higgins on the uh, on the play to begin the third quarter. So uh, I did not think those were good uh, uh, performances by both head coaches yesterday. Now we get to the officiating. It was fine through the first three and a half quarters. Let him play? Okay, that's fine. That's pretty much how you should officiate championship games. But you miss the face mask on the play to begin the third quarter. Now, granted, I think Jalen Ramsey was still falling down as he's getting his face mask mask grabbed. But nonetheless, when you are trying to lay back on calling, you still got to call the obvious stuff. And that was an obvious one there. And obviously that was a big play at the time. So that's a a big miss there by Ron Torbert and the officials. But then I think the more egregious one is at the end of the game. Third and goal. Game on the line. And that's the pass interference call? Or the holding call, rather? I mean, you got to be kidding me. You can't be calling the ticky-tack stuff, especially that late in the game with the game on the line. Let them play. You were doing fine. (laughs) I, I just didn't get that. It's like, decide. As Steve always says, don't call what you don't see. So that I found a little frustrating at the end with the flags. Now the second one was was a hold. Alright, I'll give him that one. And and I I don't want to hear either though that it that call cost the Bengals a game. Sure, it's a big, big call, and it goes against the Bengals, but the oh Bengals God. had the chance Steve, to put the hammer down on the Rams by getting a touchdown following the interception after the big play to begin the third quarter, and they didn't do that. That's where I thought the game turned back in the Rams favor, and it played out for them in the end. But, terrific game though.
0: Um, good game. Um, let's see. So let's just, okay, uh, as you know, I don't look at the end of the game all the time. You know, I eventually get to the end of the game, but to me there's a whole game, and that's, you know, maybe it's because of what I do for a living, I look at whole games. Okay. You know, uh, so I want to go back to the second series of the game. Second series. Once again, what reared its ugly head and ended up eventually costing a team. Let's find out how much you're
2: paying attention to the game. Trying to think. Second series of the game. So, Bengals had the ball. So far, so good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would probably go with the offensive line.
0: No, they went for it on fourth down at at, uh, at their own forty-eight yards. Ah,
2: line. yeah, because that led to the first touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I, I, I didn't hate the call at the time, but obviously it came back to bite them a little. bit. I did.
0: It is early in the game; you are still in the probing stage of the game as to what works, what doesn't work. Okay, it's okay to punt there. Right? I know what analytics says, but you know, I'm I'm against an explosive offense. That, by the way, to my team's credit, forced a three and out to start the game, right? And so I'm feeling pretty good about, okay, about that part of it. I would like to play at that point a little field position early in the game, kind of save that, that fourth down thought process for later, a little bit later, and then do it. And, again, not only didn't make it, but it's a bad play call. Like, what the heck was that? Like, that was worth going for? I remember they lined up to go for it. I'm thinking, don't, don't go for it here. Punt the ball away. And just, you're still in the probing stage of the game. It's the second series. And instead, you gave that offense 48 yards to work with. Really? So there's seven. And by the way, Odell Beckham Jr., until he got hurt, I felt awful about his injury. Until he got hurt, he was playing a great game, including the touchdown catch. Uh, um, So there's seven. Okay, so far so good. Then, next part is it's um, 13-3 Hecker just flat out drops the ball in the extra point unforced error as you know Jack and I when something like that happens and let's go back to the Wisconsin game when, uh, when Stout missed the extra point how often did you hear us say that that was hanging over the game all the time because now the dynamics of the scoring changed NBC doesn't mention it until three minutes to go? Really? It's sitting there the whole game. So instead of being down 14-10 at halftime, it's 13-10. You're down a field goal. Then that touchdown pass, and let's face it, I mean, Ramsey, who did not have a good game. I mean, mean, Ramsey didn't have a good game at all. But on that play, (laughs) he got his face mask. I mean, it, it, it spun him around like a top. And uh, now it's 17-14 now instead of being now it's 17-13 now instead of being down a field goal you're down 4 now as the game progresses Donald finally makes his first important play of the game and it's a really big play the Bengals are driving, driving, driving they're on the doorstep they've got a third down trying to score a touchdown and Donald makes his first big play of the game and that is the sack. Which then it ends up being a four point play in the game. Instead so of getting a touchdown and an extra point, the Bengals had to settle for a field goal, but now it's twenty to thirteen. Extra point is still hanging there. Okay. Rams finally get a little bit going, they get a field goal, but now it's twenty to sixteen. What's still hanging over the game? The extra point. So instead of being down three where they, the door is open to force overtime, the Rams, when they start their 15-play drive, need a touchdown. Now, that's the point where NBC recognizes that the extra point was missed. It hangs over the whole game, just like that two-point conversion the Patriots on that windy night in Orchard Park got against the Bills when you couldn't, I mean, the wind was so awful that night, that you couldn't do anything. That two point conversion, as we pointed out, hung over that game. It was 8 7. It was 11 10. Now it's 14 10. And because of the two point conversion, the Bills needed a touchdown at the end. Right? Same scenario. You got to stick with the game. And then at the end, it's third down and one. Okay. And which running who's the best running back in the field for both teams?
2: Oh, it's Joe Mixon.
0: Third down and one. Final drive. Where's Joe Mixon?
2: Yeah, didn't get that. I mentioned that when before you jumped on. He's on the sideline. Yep.
0: They give the ball to Samaji Pirine. And then of course it's the Aaron Donald Fest. Oh, oh, oh. Donald makes a terrific play in that play. But guess what? I, I'm watching the play. I'm thinking, who's the other guy that's in there? I could see his arms around him. Finally, we went to the overhead. For the first time, ladies and gentlemen, recognized on any broadcast medium, Greg Gaines made a great play. And and Collinsworth, because he's not a PFF guy, didn't get mentioned for doing it. I'm telling you, there's the agenda here, I can't stomach it. Donald made a great play, but guess what? A big reason he made the play is Greg Gaines got there first, and he started the tackle, and Donald did a great job of then getting in there, reaching around and holding him back. I'm not taking away Donald's play, but Gaines, I kept thinking, watching the replay, and they're showing underneath. I said, whose arms are those? I think somebody else made that Who made that play? I, I couldn't wait for the replay. And, of course, they kept showing it from the side, and I still couldn't see the other guy. And then finally they did the overhead. I'm like, Greg Gaines, son of a gun. Come on. you got to give credit all that. I, I realize he's your guy. I got it. Right, And then Donald makes a phenomenal play at the end. There's no getting around it. I already gave him credit for a four-point sack and I gave him credit on that play, and also credit on the third down in one play. But gains also, no gains. I think he might make it. But you don't give the ball to P. Ryan there. You got Joe Mixon, you give him the ball. You're not going out with your best players. It's ridiculous. I'm just saying.
2: I totally agree. Well, you better. I mean, you had no choice. You're financially obligated to agree. <laughs> I mean, just not only that, too, but it's that's also common sense. You knew coming into the game, you are going to have some disadvantages, offensive line versus their defensive line. Okay. They, then he had sacks seven times prior to that play with the game on but, the line. They still throw the ball with but, the game on the line. Yeah, but I would have thrown the
0: ball there. On the fourth down play,
2: yeah, throw him the ball. I would. Oh, I, th- I you either give oh, the to me. You either give the ball to Mixon or you run a quarterback sneak on, on that on, fourth down play. On, Do not th- throw the ball.
0: I don't know what the status of Burrow's knee is at that point. Okay, so I wouldn't get I wouldn't get too quick on whether I can run a quarterback sneak with Burrow or not. I don't know what the status of his knee is.
2: You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there was there was that concern too. But if he was good enough to, I, I don't know. I, I feel like with the game on the line, I think you got to try it anyway. One or the other. I just don't. No, I just I, don't like passing I, the ball in that situation. No, period. I, I
0: do. I have no problem with that. But I run mixing on third down. Not only run mixing on third down. They only did it twice in the game. They only did it twice in the game. I had to put the extra offensive lineman out there and run the Patriots play. Every time, the Bengals did it twice where they ran the Patriots offensive line formation and got nine yards or better on each play. Thinking to myself, why aren't they running that play? Because the Bengals twice did it. They put the extra offensive lineman in like the Patriots did against the Rams in the Super Bowl four years ago. And each time, it it not only worked, it really worked. Instead, they got the backup tail back in, and they're just running five offensive linemen. Like, okay. See what I'm talking about? They kind of had a a brain freeze. And imagine Chris Collins was total shock. I mean, he's probably still in shock at the airport now that Aaron Donald wasn't the MVP.
2: You know, I I do have to mention I thought of this I thought of you a lot while I was watching the pregame show, Steve. But particularly when w- one of the opening segments of the show in the first hour, you have uh, I think it was it was Jack Collinsworth and Rodney Harrison starting their their shot in front of Aaron Donald's locker. <laughs> and I just thought of you and the Friday show and our prop bet that we had.
0: <laughs> I told you it was going to be everything. See TV. <laughs> TV is a show, all right? TV is a show. I was talking to my class about this today. It's a producer, director, medium. And that's why, for example, Penn State plays at 8.30 on a Saturday night and why they're going to play at 4 o'clock on Thursday afternoon because they have to fit it into TV time slots. Okay, I got it. Um, And they treat it like a show. So in the show, they have stars. Well, the stars of the show were Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and the star of all stars was Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald made two of the single biggest plays of the game. There's no getting around it, right? No getting around it. Star- the stars make the big plays at the big moments, and Aaron Donald did. But let's face it, for the first two and a half quarters what did he do yet how many times was he featured I'm like going I'm sick of watching a guy do nothing I'm just sitting there going great it's like all the other games I watch he's doing nothing again now look at this look at what I know football he's not doing anything I can figure it out. He's doing zero. Nick Scott, Grant Haley, you got your Super Bowl rings. And happy birthday, Super Turno. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Boat, RV, whatever it may be. They're the best in the insurance business without question. Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 and 15. Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Uh one quick note on the halftime show. Um I have nothing to say about it because I didn't see it. But there's a reason why I didn't see it. Uh we did not get back from Minnesota till about 3:20, 320, 3:25 in the morning. Oof! Sunday morning. Well, we you know it, it was an eight thirty game to begin with, so you're gonna, you knew you were going to be late. But we it took an hour to, for us to get through the de-icing process because whomever was, whatever group was supposed to de-ice our plane, their truck broke down. Okay, that happened. So we had to go to a different area, and then we had to wait in line. So, you know, I mean, that happens. Eh, I'm just resting on the plane. But you don't get back until 3.20. So some of the work I wanted to get done yesterday morning, nah, I woke up, kind of got going. I think everyone knows, you know, I'm Catholic, so I went to, I went to Mass at 11.30, got back. So I worked on, uh, I did two Penn State update shows, one you heard just uh, about a half an hour ago. The other one for Tuesday is already done. But I did those first. Then I updated my Penn State basketball chart. Then I worked on Minnesota because I wanted to get Minnesota updated because they're playing again Thursday at 4. Okay? So it's just easiest to do it that way. Then I worked on Michigan State. Okay. And I've got the golf tournament on in the background, the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, which is, you know, with the crowd there, it's so rowdy. It's actually fun, at least to me it is. Now I get to the game, and I tune to the game about 6.15 or so, you know, 6.15, 6.20 National Anthem, and I got to halftime. Well, the one thing I couldn't do because we got back so late is I had projects due for my class today, so I spent halftime listening to the projects so I could make sure all the evaluations were ready for the students for today. So that's why I have no comment on something I didn't see because I was working at halftime, Okay. (laughs) So that's the explanation, okay? How come you didn't say about halftime? I didn't see it. I was working at halftime, trying to get uh, listen to projects. And it's all part. It's part of what I do. So, so I just figure it's the best spot to do it. So some people, I guess, loved it. Some people didn't. I have no opinion. I didn't see it. So because if you want, I mean, it was some of the projects I listened to for the class were actually thrilling. Not really, but that's alright. But there's some very good students in that class. Now, we're going to talk with Reginald Walker in the next half hour about the Super Bowl. So let's talk a little bit about the Sixers that Brig James Harden Trade. Matt Leon, sir, welcome. Glad to be with you. Alright, so um, the trade was made between uh, the uh, Sixers and the Nets and uh, the Sixers lose Seth Curry. So let's sit... No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I feel we'd go with the joke. They acquire Harden. Is there any concern in Philadelphia? Let's, let's go with a couple of concerns here about his conditioning.
1: Um, I don't think not really. Now, they did just say, I saw before I, got, I hopped on here, that he's not going to play until after the All-Star break. So if there are concerns because he hasn't played in a while with the hamstring uh, they can get him up to speed now right now we are in the unmitigated joy of adding James Harden uh, and I get it I mean this has been a long time in the making you've got you're pairing a Hall of Famer with Joel Embiid having one of the best NBA seasons we've ever seen it's exciting and I think uh, you know people right now are just just want to see the two working together uh I don't think there's at this point much concern uh, about conditioning or anything like that. Now, once he gets out there, we see what you know if there is an issue. But right now, I I just think it's unmitigated joy.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that part of it. It's Just you know, he got himself out of Houston. And he didn't get himself and wasn't in great condition when he left. I haven't felt like he's been in good shape since, to be honest with you. Uh, and that's why I asked the question. Next next issue. Obviously, we've got to see how they play together. But we all know James Harden has been a ball centric player during the course of his career. So, what's your your gauge? I mean, is it is sometimes a guy will like let's go way back in the time machine? Oscar Robertson was a ball centric guy who, when he got paired with Kareem Abdul Jabbar, figured out this is my ticket to finally getting a ring. Uh, what about Harden?
1: I would I would hope it would be the same track. Um, if, if that I think is the main challenge here is getting a guy who needs the ball in his hand, who's used to having the ball in his hands and basically dictating what they do offensively. Uh, But now you've got a guy in Joel Embiid that obviously has been a transformative talent and is very likely the MVP of the NBA this season. Um, So I, I do think that is the main challenge, and that's the main thing I'm looking for. How does that dynamic play out? To your point about Oscar Roberts, I would hope everybody sees that there is a chance here to do something special and bend their game uh, to do that. I have no concerns, honestly, about Embiid doing it. Uh, right.
0: Yeah, we'll wait agree. and
1: see about Harden. Um you know, the word is this is where he wants to be. I've read stuff that he wanted to come here. He didn't want to go to Brooklyn in the first place. You know, now a lot of that is smokescreen stuff, stuff put out by agents to facilitate things or whatever. Uh, if it is true and this is where he wants to be and he really wants to to win a ring, you know, it's a pretty simple equation. It might be a little awkward at first as everybody kind of feels each other sure. out. But eventually uh, you would hope they find their pace and, uh, you know – I'm, I'm interested to see them on the floor. I'm inter- interested in seeing them pick and roll together. Like, there's a lot of things uh, that this should be a lot of fun.
0: And they didn't have to give up Maxie. They didn't have to give up Theibel along the way. Uh, Shake Milton has stepped in and, and play, played some valuable minutes. It, it seems like, except for Simmons, I mean, and Seth Curry helped. I mean, Seth Curry's the kind of guy that goes in. Like, the night's over, he's got, oh, he's got 14. Okay, that really helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't really give up the core group to do it.
1: No, and that's the thing, you know, I think you got to applaud Daryl Morey for is, you know, they gave up two first-round picks. Well, I think one is either this year or next year. I think there's something in there that Brooklyn can push it to next year if they don't like, you know i think even worst case scenario the sixers pick this year is going to be like 24 25 26 Uh, and there's no reason to think it wouldn't be the same next year so that's a first round pick and you know the nba drafts get past the the first 10 and it really kind of falls off a cliff and then the next one's in 2027 i believe it's something you know (laughs) who cares cares, but we'll be living in a different world then and we'll deal with that when we deal with that um you know, I mean, like you said, Seth Curry, a good player. I guess Seth Curry, you know, helped them win a lot of games. here. He, he, will,
0: he will help the Nets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you got to get to give. And I kind of look at this like Ben Simmons was not going to play here. Exactly. And so I almost look like you got Harden for Curry, Drummond, and a couple of picks. Because while Simmons is the headline... It's kind of the the way I look at it is he's only going to play for Brooklyn. He was not going to play here. So, you, in a way, you kind of didn't lose him because he wasn't uh, participating at all. So, you know, I, I think they did a great job, and you mentioned – You know, and people, you know, this is Philadelphia, so there are going to be people that are going to find the gray cloud in front of the silver lining, uh, worried about losing first-round picks and worried about the future. (laughs) And number one, I say, you've been worried about the future for a decade here. It's time to win. And number two, if you're worried about the future, you know, you still have maxi-dive. Like, you, you have serious pieces that are going to be a core part of this for a long time. So, uh, no, I I don't know that you could have done the deal any better. I really don't.
0: Do you worry about draft picks in the NBA? I mean,
1: come there's on. A, there's a Unless, subset it, of fans that are it's just kind of always oh. perpetually looking ahead. You know and it's what? the same in the NFL, too. I know. People always are, are so worried about, oh, well, what this draft, instead of kind of focusing on the reason you do all this is to get the points like this, where... You put all the chips in, and you go for
0: it. <laughs> uh, look, I've said this so many times. Every time that you're spending every day looking to the future, that means you have no present. Well, no, you know what? Enjoy your present, because guess mm-hmm. what? Okay, yesterday the Rams won the Super Bowl. Right? It's the first time the Los Angeles Rams have done it. They did it as the St. Louis Rams, and the only other Los Angeles team to win was the Raiders. Right? When they were in L. A. and be, and uh, and won over Washington, but. Okay, That's how rare it is. A-team wins. When you've got a shot, take it. Go yeah. for it.
1: And you've got a big man playing at a level that... I don't know that we've seen in our lifetimes at that position, in that style. And you're adding a Hall of Famer. Like, if you're not going to enjoy this now, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is when you just kind of kick back and get excited every night when there's a game and you start looking at playoff matchups. And, you know, this is what it's all about. This is why you, you know, go have draft parties. You know, you convince yourself of this young player could work out. That It's for right now, you know. This is is where it all should come together.
0: Well, and this is where Embiid, in the world of analytics, to me, Embiid is the perfect analytics center because he will step out. He has a beautiful outside shot, which I never expected when he came out of college. I never expected that. And, you know, he does, you know, inside, outside. He is the modern era center that everybody begs for and only Philadelphia has.
1: Yeah, no, and, and you, know, you I was sent, texting a friend the other day when they were playing. I forget if it was the Cleveland game or the one before it. But there was a play where Embiid got the defensive rebound, brings it up the floor, Euro steps between two defenders, <laughs> reverse layup, and he gets fouled. And I just texted my friend. I'm like, do you realize the level of basketball that we're just kind of getting accustomed to and taking for granted? Like how absurd it is what he just did? <laughs> Right. You know, you know and, and not for nothing, he's also a, a phenomenal foul shooter. And that is a, a low-key thing of this with him and Harden. This is a team that's going to live at the foul line. I mean, they are going to get to the line a ton, oh. and they're going to make their free throws. And that is, that is such a – that can be so such a weapon night in, night out in the NBA.
0: I mean, no offense. When he was at Kansas, I didn't see this. I no. thought I thought he'd be really good 15 feet and in. Mm-hmm. But the other elements of his game were obviously his work. I mean, he didn't do that at Kansas. He wasn't a three-point shooter at Kansas. He wasn't bringing the ball up the floor at Kansas or running a break.
1: No, I mean, he is. This is like, I think if you sat around and looked at the physical tool in Embiid and you project it out, a, I, I still don't think... Even the best-case scenario, you know, pie in the sky, what could this kid become? I, I still think he's above what that would have been.
0: He's only 27. Yeah. He's only 27 years old. That's what makes this entire deal phenomenal. And I remember when they drafted him. Now, I did make a big deal about them. I knew he was hurt. But I did make a big deal out of them drafting him. I said, look, this guy... Was exactly the guy they needed to draft because it, it was like the third overall pick. He wasn't even mm-hmm. first or second. So I made a big deal about when they just said, "Look, this guy is the cornerstone they're aching for," but then you had to wait two years, and that was the problem. You had to wait.
1: Yeah, and that you know, it, one of the the reasons. By the way, I, know,
0: I, by the way, I just looked up his numbers at Kansas. You know, how many three pointers he took his one season at Kansas. Two, five. Five, yeah. You were close, man. He was 1 of 5.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and you know, think about, like, those first two, when he got hurt, remember they, they drafted Jaleel Okafor because I think there was yeah. concern after Embiid got hurt again that, well, we've got this opportunity to take another big who's talented and we can hedge our bets <laughs> in, in case Oka- something happens with Embiid. Okafor Oka-
0: could guard you. <laughs> He, no, absolutely, he had no and you kind it. of look—you no know—interested in playing defense.
1: But he isn't the pick if Mb doesn't miss that right. second year. That's true, and it just—you know—it it kind of the, the the ripple effects. I think from that are tremendous when you kind of look at all the things. Because in my opinion, that's that's when Sam Hinkie's tenure got off track because people looked at the Okafor pick and it, it just. It looked like yeah. a panic pick, and people, you know, uh, I think the front office started to he, get antsy and what's going he, on here.
0: He picked the Washington kid, though, too, right? The Falk, whatever. Um, he picked that kid first overall, too, didn't he?
1: No, yeah, that was uh, oh, Colangelo. Colangelo made
0: that pick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Made
1: that, that trade and made that pick. <laughs> and that's another one. I'm not a Colangelo fan. Right. It was, the. I mean, I, I, I don't I, know what happened to I, this point. Well, I,
0: I couldn't believe it because I'm sitting there thinking, the Celtics need to take Tatum. they got to take Tatum. They got Because they had the first pick. Mm-hmm. They need to take Tatum. Then they made the trade. I said, there's going to be something there where they think they're going to take Tatum. Right? And yeah. they, they, they picked the guy. As soon as they picked him, I went, the Celtics are going to get Tatum. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I the other kid who was the first overall pick in the draft. Now, you watch these guys will play some games. You're know, like, I don't get it. What am I missing here? And it turns out I was missing nothing. <laughs>
1: I yeah. had it right. But but I will say, like, you're, the idea that Markel Fultz would forget how to shoot, yeah,
0: Markel Fultz.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't think that's on anybody's radar. Like, it wasn't even that he washed out. It was like another in a long line of bizarre only in Philadelphia type stories where a kid who made his living from the perimeter suddenly – lost the physical ability and the muscle memory how to shoot the ball. And, you know, they've been trying to find what they thought Fultz would be for years, and they may have finally done it with a Hall of Famer and James Harden.
0: There you go. He is the new Markel Fultz. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there you go. That double marketed, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sure they got billboards up. Hey.
1: <laughs> oh, they've had they had welcome to Philadelphia Did they like really? I was driving into a game. And they, they already really? had stuff on ninety five and everything.
0: Oh, that's good. I love yeah. it. Hey, let's say this. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. It's got a chance to be fun. It's gonna be interesting, especially if Brooklyn plays. I mean, just give me if Brooklyn plays the Sixers in the playoffs. Does Simmons play the games in Philadelphia?
1: I mean, I think you have to. Like, I don't. You can't be just blatantly that scared of a fan base, right? Like, I mean, you you can't come back from that. Are you sure? I, I, you know, given this and the information that Ben's one of the 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 most amazing things of this whole last this whole odyssey with Ben Simmons is just how bad the information he's been getting or the advice he's been getting from people around him. Right. And every move that that camp made, I thought was the worst move until the next thing they did. Like, I, I couldn't see the rationale. Even if they, they absolutely wanted out, some of the stuff they, they made, they said just didn't make sense. You know, like, there was one, I forget which article it was, It might have been the Ramona Shelburne piece, but talked about how Ben Simmons acknowledged that he ignored Doc Rivers' calls and texts all summer, Mm. but then was upset that Doc Rivers (laughs) didn't just show up at the gym he was working at. Like, I know I've, you know, (laughs) treated you like, uh, I don't care, but you should still be falling all over yourself for me. Like, I But I think that kind of maybe shows the deep, you know, how out of uh, the mainstream his – his thinking is and I remember and you probably remember too, there were whispers when we were coming out of LSU that you know, winning's not necessarily the most important thing to him. Doesn't handle criticism, like you kinda of poo-pooed him because you want you loved the talent and you were looking right. at but but now whoever put those scouting reports together has to feel awfully validated right. because it's absolutely true. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure.
0: Well, that's uh Matt Leon it's the suit, I guess, went to work today in a monobob. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.
2: Mm, mm. When
0: car repairs get difficult, well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors